Good morning, everybody, and welcome to TLC Life as Every Wednesday with Orlando Sanchez and also with Carmen Maria Montiel. Carmen, buenos días. Buenos días, Andrea. Ya me estoy acostumbrando. ¿Cómo es? <laughs> well, Dos semanas seguidas. I know. Thank you so much for your time and being with us. Today we have a, a very interesting show and uh, sad but good news at the same yes. time. And, and especially that you always say that you're coming from the future and yes. this is what we're seeing uh, today in the show and today in this, this week since Sunday that we've been seeing SOS Cuba. Well, let me tell you, we had a time when there was SOS Venezuela, but you know, Cuba, it's been in this for 60 years. And this is the first time that the Cuban people have, you know, get up, take the streets and uh, streets and protest. This has never happened. The, the Cuban people have been very submissive to the whole situation. Now, the Venezuelan people, we've been under communism for 20 years, and we've been on the streets protesting all these 20 years. At some point in 2002, we, the people, without a gun, without a stone, overturned Hugo Chavez government. And we, we felt that day like Simone Bolivar, we the people. It was millions of people on the street. Sadly, the fake opposition, because that's the reality, you know, the communists create a fake opposition. So you think, oh, this is the opposition. They're going to fight for us. Within two days, they reestablish the, the dictatorship mm -hmm. of Hugo Chavez. Imagine how the people felt, how we felt. We were sick, and after that, we have kept on going. So I just prayed for this to be something good. But as I told you, I come from the future, so probably this will be the beginning of many protests on the streets in Cuba. And let's go to Montana with Orlando Sanchez from Cuba. And Orlando, um, I mean, you you came from uh, Cuba, you know, uh, getting away from that situation especially. So. You're the best person to talk about this. Well, I mean, you know, I am delighted, first of all, that the young people, uh, meaning the rappers, and it was musicians that began the movement um, with the now viral song uh, that, as we say in Spanish, están hartos el comunismo, el socialismo, todo lo que ofrecen, pero nada más que son imágenes, porque no... You know, they don't deliver anything, right? It's all imagery. They, they tell them what a great education system they have, a great medical system. Uh, they take, tell them what a great economy is, that the government will provide for them. And, of course, after six decades, you know, people are fed up with it because the government can't deliver in Cuba. And so they're fed up with the repression. They're, they're fed up with the violence executed upon the people that are now protesting on the streets, the arrest, the suppression of free speech, the suppression of the free exercise of religious freedom. Uh, artists have had it. You know, people don't understand it. Even the gay community is assaulted and constantly under attack in Cuba. Uh, and um, so I'm inspired that the young people and these young rappers um, have decided to Uh, create this song that's, you know, it's interesting because in Tiananmen Square, it was just one man that stood in front of a tank, you know, and and, and in Eastern Europe, there was a movement really started by, uh, you know, uh, Pope John Paul, 
uh, all over Europe. And, 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 and now it appears that a young man, a rapper down in, uh, in Cuba, has uh, started a movement which we hope will continue. My hope is that you, the United States doesn't make the same mistake it made 63 years ago by not taking a position in our own hemisphere and promoting freedom and liberty and free markets in our own hemisphere. And so I'm excited and I'm excited for the program and I'm excited for our guests. And uh, I feel sorry for uh, you guys uh, down in Texas. As you can see, I'm wearing a uh, sweater. It's a little cool here, but let's go on with the show. Good, Amby. Let me add something about what Orlando said yeah. about that the communists always say, oh, we educate everybody. Oh, we have feel, uh, free health care for everybody. What is it good to educate people when they're not going to have jobs? Mm -hmm. so, so they're so proud. We're educating people. Yeah, what for? Mm -hmm. They're not going to be jobs. Oh, you have free health care, but you don't have hospitals. You know, they're all like falling apart. And when the visitors, the foreigners go to Cuba, to Cuba, oh, they, there are special hospitals for the foreigners to keep the lie. And this is the lie we need to expose. So we're going to start with a song before we go with our special guest. That uh, Today we have um, an artist that is going to talk about um, the situation that, you know, started with, it, with this song that we're going to play in a little bit. And also we have um, Omar Bula Escobar. He is an international analysis and expert in geopolitics. So we're going to start with the song that pretty much started with this, you know, it was like leading this movement, but the person, one of the artists that it was in the sun, involved in the sun, is now in jail. And it's no surprise. So this is Patria y Vida. Y eres tú mi canto de sirena porque con tu voz se van mis penas Y este sentimiento ya está viejo Tú me dueles tanto aunque estés lejos Hoy yo te invito a caminar por mi solar Para demostrarte de que sí ven tus ideales Somos humanos aunque no pensemos iguales No nos tratemos ni dañemos como animales Esta es mi forma de decírtelo Llora mi pueblo y siento yo su voz 59, yo doble dos, 60 años, trancada dominó, ah, mambo y platillo a los 500 de la Habana, mientras en casa las cazuelas ya no tienen jama, que celebramos si la gente anda deprisa, cambiando Che Guevara, llama al tipo la divisa, todo ha cambiado, ya no es lo mismo, entre tú y yo hay un abismo, publicidad, un paraíso, un varadero, mientras las madres lloran por sus hijos que se fueron. Se Six million views on YouTube. Part of the video was recorded in secret in February by rapper uh, Michael Castillo and performance artist Luis Manuel Otero, who were carefully to elude the police officers who routinely followed them. The pair met in an abandoned house and tapped into a power line to turn on their lighting equipment. From Miami to turn on their lighting equipment, also superstar rapper, um, the founder of the Cuban group, Orijas, coordinated production 
stitching together images recorded by rappers in Havana and Miami. And one of them is in jail right now, but this happened in February secretly, and now we are in July since uh, three days in protest in Cuba. Since Sunday it started and it was the big news while we were at the CPAC. You were at the CPAC and we were going to talk about that also. Um, what was the reaction in the CPAC, Carmen Maria, um, about the situation in Cuba that sadly, sadly, um, we are seeing a lot of things going on in the United States. And, you know, um, socialists is being dirty word for some voters and started winning elections across America. Well, because they have lied to us. They decided to, well, they they changed the education. They're not talking the reality and the truth. They erased from the history books the truth about socialism coming. was the closing of the CPAC. And I remember we were on, on the hallways and Sarah Carter, whose mother is from Cuba, was the one, you know, when we're there, we're in another world that told me, she said, hey, you know, people are revolting in Cuba. So we talk about it and the similarities with Venezuela and even Trump mentioned it during his speech because everybody realized that if we don't take action in this country, we could end up you know, as as Cuba and Venezuela. And like I always tell people I come from the future and please listen to us because we've, we said, oh, Venezuela is different and look what happened. And now United States also saying it's different. And they're being taking our states. Look at Hawaii, look at California. If they, ta if they take us state by state, we'll know what's going, going to happen. And it'll be so difficult for this country of, over 300 million people to recuperate from that. Orlando. Well, no, that's right. And one of the interesting things is, uh, you know, I posted this morning about what's going on in Cuba since uh, the protest started on Sunday. And one of my more liberal Facebook friends said, oh, but the Biden administration put out a, a press release on um, supporting uh, the movement. Well, that's great. But, you know, a press release isn't going to do it. Um, the United States has had uh, its focus for far too long in the Middle East and our own backyard, which is the Americas, right? Because we live in North America and Central America and South America. We're all part of the same hemisphere. And the influence of the Marxists and the socialists and the communists has been omnipresent in the Americas for a long, long time. And my concern is that if the United States misses this opportunity to support wholeheartedly the people of Cuba asking for freedom and liberty and free markets so they can join the world economy, and they allow the Chinese and the Iranians uh, and to some extent the Russians to come back, it's going to be a huge tragedy for international foreign policy for the United States. 
So I'm watching the State Department. I'm watching the administration. I'm watching to see what Congress does, because this is an opportunity for the United States to re-exert its positive influence in the Americas. And I'm sure Omar will have more to say about that. Yeah, we're going to introduce our uh, guest, Omar Bula Escobar. He was born in Colombia, compatriota, an expert in international geopolitics and sustainable development. He's also an author and he's uh, an MBA from Aden and Barcelona. And also um, he was, um, uh, okay, I'm reading here. Bula Escobar worked also in the United Nations for over 20 years in Europe, the Middle East, Africa, and Latin America, and held the post UNWFP representative in Dakar. Um, so we are delighted. When I told you, Carmen Maria, that we're going to have real. Omar <laughs> Bula, he, she was like, a, oh, my God. How do you find him? <laughs> I was thrilled because I've been following him. And of course, I follow him on Twitter. And one day he started following me back and I couldn't believe it. It was like the biggest compliment ever. And he's a connoisseur. Wow. He's an expert in geopolitical uh, situations. He's an expert, especially in what's happening right now. He understands perfectly the many things that move uh, all these communists, and we tend to think, oh, it's Cuba and it's Russia. No, there is so many uh, pieces behind it. It's the Middle East, you know, it's the Iranians, it's the Chinese, and nobody can explain it better than Omar Bula. Omar, Welcome. buenos días, <laughs> bienvenido, gracias por tu tiempo, y sabemos que además has escrito libros sobre esto. No, a ti, Andrea, Carmen, thank you very much for the very warm welcome. I think you exceeded the compliment, but... Uh, that the honor is mine being with you and i'm happy to to join you in this very very um special juncture for the us for the region as a whole taking into account what has what's happening in cuba thank you again for the invitation you are right now in bogota colombia which is we're facing also a critical situation in our country indeed yes i think the one of the comments i can start with is um, the the anachronic way, the obsolete uh, framework in which we see problems in the region today, including Cuba. Cuba is an example of, of uh, history having been frozen in time, right? Cuba is the, and probably North Korea, but uh, basically le vestige, no, el vestigio, what's left of a paradigm that has, that is long gone now which was the, the, the Soviet Union against, against the West. And somehow this has frozen Latin American political thought in that same paradigm. No, it's El Imperio. We have to fight against the El Imperio, etc. This has changed very much during the last 25 years. First of all, there's another empire here, and Orlando mentioned it, China, very, very present. So we're not talking about the logic of 30 years ago. That's very anachronic, and that's what I, I repeat, has held the development of political thought in the region where the youth are only taught the same uh, dichotomy, either the United States or socialism. No? And that while the world has evolved, many things have happened. And many things have happened in the case of Cuba as well. Today, to, they simplify the issue by saying it's either the uh, U.S. blockade or it is the totalitarian government. It is might have elements of both, but there's new elements, and that has come about 
during the last 20, 25 years. First of all, the growth of transnational organized crime in the region. I wrote a book called Watch Your Backyard, which involved the links between transnational organized crime and Islamic Islamist extremism, the presence of Iran in Venezuela. Orlando, Orlando said it in a, in a very conditional way. We might have China and Iran and Russia coming in. They're already here, and you know Orlando. They're here, right? They have taken big steps. So the issue of Cuba is uh, much more than the dichotomy of the past between the empire and socialism and communism. It is much, much more. Strategically, you can't even... Uh, you can imagine how important it is in the middle of the Caribbean, the biggest island in the middle of Caribbean, which is flooded with drug trafficking and transnational organized crime. Cuba harbors the FARC. Cuba harbors the ELN, the biggest cartels of, uh, of Colombia and Venezuela, which work in Colombia and Venezuela with total impunity. Cuba is Venezuela and Venezuela is Cuba today. It's one same reality. Uh, I, I, some people might think there's still some type of sovereignty left in uh, in Venezuela. There is not. There is not. Cuba defines what happens in Venezuela for a long, not now. It has been happening for for more than a decade. So, from the point of view, from the point of view of U.S. geopolitics and national security, we are not only dealing with this romantic history of somebody has, that has resisted capitalism and therefore has created a welfare state which has worked. You, you have very, very rightly said it's only propaganda, but we're dealing with a national security threat, right? The possibility of a remake of the 1962 crisis, which is very, very plausible. Very, very plausible. Why not? No, I know. Um, and uh, my books dealt precisely with the fact that Iran had been had grown its presence in the region by um, uh, searching for uranium, which it could not uh, uh, um, could not get from other sources at the time, as it was under sanctions, like Cuba was, and Cuba helped Iran and Chavez helped Iran coming to the region actually to, and there's a there's a there's a peninsula in Venezuela called uh, the Paraguana where there's no, there's, a, there's Iranian presence and the possibility. This is, a, this, is a, this is a possibility, which is very far from being uh, impossible. It's very plausible, I repeat again. So, uh, and that's happened. What happening with, and there's another layer to this, another layer, which has to do very much with the United States, which what ha what's happening in the United States right now, and what's happening in what they call the New World Order. When people talk about the new world order, there's a there's a tendency to think about it as some type of conspiracy theory. Well, the new world order changes periodically. It had changed after the first world war. It changed after the second world war. There's always a new world order. The world moves, and its and its tectonic plates move constantly and reaccommodate. In uh, the last century, it was two big blocks: the, United, the Soviet Union and, and the West. And now we have. A different logic. Remember, we have globalism. You know, who supports Cuba? The European Union, wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. That, that in the 20th century, that was that was impossible because it was a block. Well, the West was a block. Europeans and Americans spoke at, in unison, right? This has changed during the time. So now we have, 
and you can see it in Mr. Uh, the, the representative of foreign affairs of the European Union, Mr. Borrell. It's very, it's very uh, soft comments like the ones you mentioned from President Biden in relation to what's happening in Cuba. And as I mentioned in a tweet this morning, they all come out with a very politically correct statement saying the people of Cuba need freedom, they have to elect their own people, etc., etc. But nobody condemns outright a dictatorship which has been feeding itself for the last 60 years from others. It's a parasite. Now it depended on the, the, uh, the, the Soviet Union for some time. That died in the 1990s. They went through the Periodo Especial and they got out of their Periodo Especial by basically um, um, sucking the blood from Venezuela during, during 15 years. There's nothing left of Venezuela now. They need more. So they want Colombia, they want others, and they have the help of globalists. And that's the other layer. That's a new layer that we have to take into account. We do not, we are not living within the paradigms of the past. Again, I repeat that I said it from the beginning. And the new paradigm is a multi-layered paradigm in which, unfortunately, for Latin America as a whole, there is a link between the globalist forces and the extreme left, which is called extreme left. In Latin America, there is no more extreme right, as they want to paint it. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist. The whole spectrum has moved to the left. So basically what you have now is the extreme left in a, in a very close relationship with the drug cartels. I, I was seeing the, the, the figures lately, and I'm, I'll have a program out in the... I'll probably have to do it in English as well now that I'm talking to you, so it might take some days more, but the, we're talking about between 426 and 652 billion dollars annually in terms of drug trafficking. Wow. This is that's a parallel state. People have not realized in the first place that transnational uh, organized crime has penetrated the region uh, profoundly with the help of the international left and in particularly with the help of the regional left in which uh, where Cuba represents of course the the, the main pillar. So we're not dealing only, of course, we have to talk about the people of Cuba, of how, of course, we have to talk about the people of Venezuela. But um, if you ask me uh, how, how are things balanced, balanced now, I, 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 do we really have a chance? Well, the chance depends very much on the reaction of, of governments, as Orlando well said it, and on the, and on the firm reactions of government. I, I, I said yesterday, had Donald Trump been uh, in office, the people of Cuba would have, that would have been a very happy coincidence. Very happy. This is not the case. This is not the case. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we also know that Biden isn't taking all of it, his decisions, right? There's many people deciding for him. And those people that decide for Biden are the same people that are deciding in Europe, right? In terms of the globalist movement. Well, as a matter of in, fact, Biden is lifting the sanctions on Venezuela at the same time that Cuban is protesting. Oh, totally. And I, I was I was thinking is that there's two things here which are interesting. On the one hand, the fact that technology fired back, right? Now, because these communist countries like China, for example, cannot live with open technology, open information, open sources for the population, etc. So you saw how they took immediately the first thing they, they did was take actions against the internet access, etc. etc. Uh, so However, there's leaks, and these leaks come about because people like the ones we saw in the video, which I hadn't seen before, which is very touching, um, these leaks 
are done by uh, either by somebody who is a leak searcher or a, a WikiLeaks uh, type of person, but or by these people that have the courage to hide and use other channels to 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 channel their sorry for the redundance to channel their their grievances. Uh, so in that sense, there was a there was a there was a, a technology fired back, no fired back, COVID fired back. COVID pandemic is what COVID did, did was in fact exasperate the population while they were while the press is making every, everybody panic about COVID the same panic came up came out out of the population itself and then it shows how they don't have the famous health service that they usually uh, include in their propaganda that's the proof otherwise the population would have not gone on the streets because the situation has been the same for 60 years what has changed COVID came about, and COVID came about in which their own propaganda, right, with the vaccine and the Abraham vaccine, I don't know if they have their own vaccine as well, yeah, actually uh, actually um, acted as the, as the generator, to a certain extent, of course, of what's happening now in Cuba. On the other hand, what I see is that all the leaders have come out with the, with the argument that this is not the... Um, the the result of a Cuba a communist dictatorship, but rather yeah. the um, effects of the blockade, well, the economic blockade, all of them. Diaz-Canel, uh, the, the Mexican president AMLO, the Chilean president, and while they were saying that, they actually, as as you said, Carmen, they decided that there were no more sanctions for Venezuela. What I see is also, and you never know with these people, it can be an effort actually to give a justification to the uh, the end of the blockade. We never know. Time will tell. I want to jump in real quick uh, just to give people a little perspective from a historical um, because Omar just mentioned that the regime in Cuba loves to mention that the blockade is the cause of their economic difficulties when in fact that is not the case. Uh, you know, Obama uh, uh, lifted some of the sanctions. As Omar mentioned, the European Union has vast economic interests in Cuba. Uh, their largest source of foreign uh, currency to support the Cuban currency and the Cuban economy uh, are euros and, of course, uh, U.S. dollars. And so that's why they love the Colombians and the French and the German and the British that are going over to Cuba and supporting the infrastructure, which is the tourist industry. Now, what most people don't realize, because there are no free markets in Cuba, there's no open capitalism in which the people participate in, the tourist industry, uh, the economic benefits flow straight to the military, number one. Uh, number two, let me go back in history and remind you that in 1962, it was the Democrats, because the Democrats controlled the executive branch of the United States uh, via uh, uh, John F. Kennedy. Uh, the Democrats controlled the U.S. Senate. Uh, in fact, the president of the U.S. Senate was a Texan by the name of Lyndon Johnson. And the United States House of Representatives was controlled by Democrats. Uh, and uh, it was Sam Rayburn who was the Speaker of the House. Now, those Democrats are the ones that passed the embargo uh, against Cuba. And every U.S. administration up until the Obama era had supported the embargo to try to squeeze the Cuban communist regime. Uh, and so it's, you know, uh, 
and of course, uh, we do maintain a strategic piece of real estate in Guantanamo. The United States has Guantanamo Bay, which we have a naval force there, but that is strictly a strategic real estate. It doesn't do anything to promote liberty, to promote free markets, to promote a constitutional government in Cuba. And so, as Omar said, this is bigger than Cuba because the history of Cuba in Latin America has been nothing more than a base for the Chinese, for the Russians, for, for uh, international drug cartels, for the Iranians to promote the destabilization of the Americas. And let me tell you guys, when you see these waves of undocumented, desperate people from the Americas coming to the United States and creating the border crisis we have now, that's a result of the failure of the socialist governments all the way from Nicaragua to Bolivia to Ecuador to Venezuela to Cuba. You know, all of the Latin American countries have experimented and they always put up socialist candidates. And so, as Carmen said, you know, it's a facade because the socialists will tell you, yeah, we'll teach everybody how to read, but you'll have no access to the internet. You'll have no access to, to books. You'll, know, you'll have no access to the free expression of your thoughts and ideas as the young man who's been in prison now who came up with the song about uh, liberating Cuba. So, so these are the dynamic forces we're dealing with. This isn't just Cuba, a little island south of the United States, the Florida coast. This is about a piece of real estate that generates destabilization in the Americas. And that's mm -hmm. what China, that's what Russia, and that's what Iran want. It is to destabilize the Americas and to put pressure on the United States. And we see this in the United States with people like Bernie Sanders and AOC and the elected representatives now that think that America is the worst place in the world, that we're the worst people in the world. And we see it through our education system, which is not an education system. Andrea, you and I have been talking about this for many weeks on Facebook, on our on our live program. In the United States now, our education system has been hijacked by the mm -hmm. left, and it is now a indoctrination process. It started in the higher education at universities, and it's now filtrated down to the primary and secondary education level. So we have a real crisis, but as Omar said, we're all optimistic. We also have a tremendous opportunity. And my criticism of the Biden administration so far is that a press release by the State Department or by his press secretary is not going to move the full the ball forward with respect to democracy, liberty, freedom, and free markets, uh, which the Cuban people and all of Latin America deserves the United States influence again after a 60-year absence. And I want to introduce uh, also our um, second guest is John Benitez. He is an artist from Puerto Rico, but he lives uh, in New Jersey. And because we want to hear his perspective about, you know, being an artist and the power of a song, a power of a song that, you know, lead to the situation that we're living now in Cuba. Uh, John Benitez. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me in this uh, wonderful show. Um, I'm very emotionally touched 
by the situation that is happening in Cuba. Uh, not only in Cuba, but in all the countries in Latin America that are suffering, like Venezuela, like um, other places that have been uh, moved by the economical and social um, things that are happening, affecting the people. And the artists, like the San Isidro movement in the case of Cuba, and I'm, I'm a good friend with the Cesmer Bueno, which is part of the, the team that um, got involved in writing uh, this song. Uh, they got inspired and they did an antithesis or they did an aesthetic uh, response to that statement like patria o muerte, no? And uh, in fact, they're talking about patria and vida, and which in Spanish means, uh, you know, uh, life and, and you know, the land, your nation, you know? Nation and life. And it inspired, the San Isidro movement inspired the connection, you know, between the the arts and the social and political awareness. And I believe that I'm not a, I, I, I heard Mr. Orlando speaking and I agree with a lot of things like, you know, the people uh, blame everything on the embargo and it's, that's not correct. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, a, a lot of things are happening because of you know, all the problems that are happening inside the country. And uh, and we cannot blame the people. The people of Cuba is very smart. The people of Cuba is very passionate about art. I've been there. I have been there many times. Uh, one of the Grammys that I, two of the Grammys that I have, I have been involved with uh, Cuban uh, performers like Bebo Valdez, Chucho Valdez. And you know, these people, they, they are unbelievable. If you read uh, even Maestro Ruben Blades, when he is speaking, uh, uh, he said that the problem with Cuba is the narcissism too. You know, the, the problem is the attitude towards, uh, it's not, it's, it, they are going against the people with this. So our position from here besides uh, analyzing the situation, is how can we help uh, the people of Cuba with what we have from here? With our art, with music, with, but also with our money, with everything. Also what, what the government can do, what kind of attitude they're giving or what kind of power they're giving to the people that are representing the government of Cuba inside of the United States. So there are other things that the government of our government should uh, put a, a little bit more pressure uh, here in the States. Uh, uh, like people that are in Washington and other places representing what, what, the Cuba, what the government of Cuba is. You know, they go and they speak in the universities about Che Guevara and they speak about other people, but they don't really speak about the truth or what's happening. You know, they give and, and John, can, can I, can I, John, can I jump in real quick? Um, I, yeah, I don't know if he can hear me. 
Yes, I could hear you. Yeah, no, that, that you, when you mentioned Che Guevara, you bring up a great point because, you know, sadly, as a fellow Caribeño, uh, first of all, I want to say what an honor it is to have you on the program. John Benitez is a five-time Grammy Award winner. He's considered one of the best bassists in the world. He's played with every artist known in the world. Uh, he's much sought after. And when we asked him to be on the program, he said, sure. And and John, really, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. I mean, it's, uh, you know, quite a pleasure to to have you. But but John mentioned something that's very important because, you know, in the early 70s, uh, a lot of artists that are very good. And John, I got to tell you that Carlos Santana is a fantastic artist. I mean, we've got to give the man credit for being a great musician and putting conjuntos together and, uh, and, 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 and being the author of great music. But he also made a very serious mistake. He embraced Che Guevara. And everywhere he went publicly, he wore the image of Che Guevara. He would go to the Grammys or he would go to uh, the Oscars in his Che Guevara outfit. All those photographs are available online. And uh, so the reason we wanted John on is because, you know, we want to tell the world that not everybody believes as Carlos Santana, which the left in the United States said Oh, look, even even the musicians uh, embrace Che Guevara. And that's not true. There are a lot of artists that support the people, that support liberty, that support freedom and freedom of expression for artists to write anything they want. And, and the reason we brought John on is because we found it interesting that this young rapper in Cuba who created this song and put it on and it went viral is now imprisoned. And we need to talk about that and highlight because as John knows, that's the real Cuba. Well, I, I, I got to say something. Uh, we can, artists, the artists, they, they don't really get involved in, in, they don't really know. They are very ignorant about a couple of things. If I, if, if, please forgive me if I say this. Uh, they don't really know how, uh, my father used to tell me something in Puerto Rico. You cannot speak about politics. Uh, when you don't know even how a, a political party is formed. <laughs> so there are many many things, many lack of uh, information that we we don't know historically and things like that. Like we all have this uh, passionate thing about Che Guevara as being a hero and all that based on movies and based on Palaco information. So I don't blame artists and, and I don't blame Maestro and Guru Carlos Santana and, and many artists, you know, uh, but what I blame is the people that know the truth, our leaders and the people that that they supposed to be looking forward to protect the integrity and the safe, the safe life and freedom of our people. Those are the people that needs to uh, bring the, 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 the uh, and build the platform so artists can learn and educate themselves and support the music and support the people and support the economy. Like I, I, I know that even in Cuba, it's very hard for a musician to make a living. I know that for a fact because I have been there I know how the real rumberos, 
the real the, the real people are making music the, the, the rappers they make a, a little bit better living than the folkloric people so i could tell you that the situation is very 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 bad for musicians for artists for singers for pie for poets for all the people and imagine uh, the country is not only formed by those artists uh, it, it's formed by the whole the whole the whole society of cuban people and what i think is that uh, quite honest that all generations need to be unified not only the millennials but also people from way before i was born need to be unified with the young people and and support the support the ideas of bringing freedom to the country and from here we as latinos and we as americans need to also support them support the people not only not only with our mouth but with our actions support them and and put our wallets and put our boats and put our our phone calls and and do the network that we need to support our people from Cuba our people from Venezuela our people from all the latinos countries that are being deceived and that have been oppressed by all these these disease from governments and corruption including my country including my nation that even that it's not a country is my nation my island of puerto rico that me, has also been deceived you know by corruption so yeah and by the um, way let me jump in real quick and just say that i agree with john and i, and I just I, I just use carlos santana you know he's absolutely right i mean i think that carlos santana put on a t-shirt one time and it was the media the social media in this country that actually promoted that image i don't blame carlos i don't think carlos is an expert uh in international politics and geopolitics and you know i don't think that carlos probably embraces communism hell i don't know but the point is that carlos and his image was used unfortunately and uh so but i just think it's a great contrast to now have the young rappers you know have a different position yeah i don't think the musicians and artists want to get into politics and probably don't know a lot of politics but sometimes their images are hijacked and as as john says it's up to us to speak the truth and to share liberty and freedom and those of us that live in this country those of us that are all immigrants, you know, John from Puerto Rico, Orlando from Cuba, Maria uh, from from Venezuela, Andrea from Colombia, we need to speak up and we need to fight for the people. So, John, I agree with you. But Orlando, let me tell you something. We need to stop being innocent and see what Hollywood is doing. And we need to accept that the artists and, and actors, they're being used as tools of communism. Because let me tell you, I believe Carlos Santana knew who Che Guevara was. And it's not that he's a communist. Che Guevara was a killer. He was an assassin. 
and we need to tell the truth of who he was. So whoever wears a T-shirt of an assassin on his shed, on his chest is being part of it. And, and, and the artists and the actors have been used, look what's happening, I repeat again, to Hollywood. We need to start calling things by the true name, and it's the only way we can stop this because if we keep on making excuses this will never end we will allow more people to use images that makes propaganda and brainwash our children and look what they've been doing in the last month to our children so we need to start well, telling the truth and embrace like the truth i couldn't agree more but you know that's this the beauty of living in america that if you want to wear an image of Che Guevara, you can. If you want to wear an image of Hugo Chavez, you can. You're exactly right. It's up to us. And and, and this is the fight. Uh, this is the fight, Carmen, because in the 1960s, the New York Times, you know, abandoned uh, the democratic process in Cuba. Uh, was, uh, was Fulgencio Batista, the, the democratically elected president of Cuba at the time, the best? Hell no. Most people would say no. But what they got was communism and socialism and Marxist governments. But for us in this country, you're right. It's up to us to stand up. It's up to us to fight the leftists in the media. It's up to us to fight the platforms that are squelching conservative speech like Twitter, like Facebook, like Google. And legislation is moving forward. But it's up to us. We have a voice in this free government. We have a voice in the public square to talk about the perils of socialism and Marxist governments and communism. And that's what makes our program and our continued ability to put this on the air and share the thoughts and ideas with people like Omar from around the world and John. So, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's got, up to us to I, speak. I want to say, I, I say something. Uh I'm a I'm a college professor too, you know, and I have a master. And uh, uh, and you when you graduate from a university in the United States, and also in our countries, you don't only play, and you don't only study art. You also study other disciplines that prepare you for 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 to be a complete educator, right? So. But you have people that uh, have been, uh, my point to my dear uh, friend uh, from Venezuela, uh, uh, and she's right, uh, the responsibility is in the person. But also many artists come to, the star, to be stars and, and they come by their talent and their geniuses but they also are in a journey of educating themselves, and they're being uh, sometimes uh, deceived by the media and deceived by the, what Hollywood and other things have influenced in their, in their passion and their motivations. What I'm trying to say is that that's why you have people like Ruben Blades, that he's very accurate, in his statement, because he's a lawyer and he have a study. Like people speak about Venezuela, but they don't really know Venezuela. They speak what they see, but they don't, you have to go there. You have mm -hmm. to know what arepas are. You have to go and play in Teresa Cariño 
You have to know what Reina Pepeada is. You have to be with the people. You know, that's the truth. Let's be real. You, we cannot speak about our Latino con culture if you don't go there and you see by yourself what's going on. I know because I play with a lot of Venezuelan people. And Venezuelans are one of the most inc incredible geniuses in music, you know, right now. But uh, it took a lot of years for the, for the Grammys. Just to give you an example, it took a lot of years for the Grammy people to recognize Venezuelan artists. Just to give you an idea how much ignorance and how much lack of information. Also, with our I'm married to a Colombian woman. So I could speak of all the countries that are here represented. Because I have lived in Bogota and I know what's going on there. Yeah. So, so when you speak, it's because you have been in touch with the people. Many people, when they are here in the United States, our the, the, the Latino diaspora, have not been responsible to really understand the situation that, uh, that is going on in our countries. And we as Americans need to, to get, tell our government and guide them because we have a voice as conservative people to tell our people not to go to the left and to reach the the value and, and the moral and the freedom that is truly being a conservative and true being a person that are uh, uh, looking for freedom for everybody and equality. So I, I, that's as much as politics I could speak, but politics that I could speak. But I tell you, Knowledge is the key for freedom. And some of these artists, they don't have knowledge. I'm sorry. Yeah. Including, including well, myself. Bien. That's what we've been muy, saying. <coughs> muy, muy bien. Muy bien dicho y te felicito. Mire, eh, se nos está acabando el tiempo. Guys, we're running out of time as much as we would love to continue this conversation. Uh, I want to thank both Omar in Bogota, Colombia, and want to thank John Benitez in New Jersey. I want to thank Andrea and I want to thank uh, Carmen Maria Montiel for filling in for me. Uh, this has been fascinating, guys. I wish we could stay on with you guys for three hours, but uh, uh, thank you, guys. Uh, Omar, uh, you've been sitting silent for the last 15 minutes or so. I uh, give you the last word and then I'm going to toss it back to Andrea and uh, Carmen Maria in the studio. Thank you. Thank you very much uh, again. Well, you know, I, I agree with most of the things that have been said for sure. And uh, I might just would like to highlight the media issue, right? We have this very, very clear media phenomenon where uh, there is a monopoly of uh, globalist leftist media, which is the one that prevents this information from reaching the people or, or the right information reaching the people. So I think if we can help the Cuban people is doing our best efforts to circumvent these media blockages that are the ones that prevent the information, the real, the truth from uh, reaching both musicians and people from every walk of life. I thank you very much for the invitation. And as you say, we could talk for hours, but it has been very pleasant. I'm very honored to have to be with John as well. My daughter is a musician and she, I had to make her wait for her rehearsal, which is taking place in two minutes time. So she'll, I have a good excuse now. Thank you very much to Andrea, to Carmen también. Eh, un abrazo a todos, Orlando y que Dios los bendiga.
Omar, mil gracias por tu tiempo y de verdad por todo lo que nos has, eh, has contribuido a, al programa, eh, Carmen. Gracias. Bueno, por cierto, dice que mi nombre es Cindy Garza y mi nombre es Carmen María Montiel. Es el, el, el scroll que tengo justo abajo. Muchas gracias a Omar una vez más eh, y, y al artista Benítez. Pero a mí me encantaría algún día poder hablar con Omar, hablar del displacement que hubo de los colombianos a Venezuela en los años 70 y ahora el displacement es de los venezolanos a Colombia y de analizar cómo la guerrilla destruyó a Colombia hace unos años y Venezuela estaba booming y ahora se han invertido los papeles uh -huh. y cuando pensamos que Colombia había salido de todo, resulta que Colombia está de vuelta atrás. Hay muchas cosas Ese interesantes va a ser otro show. que analizar porque Siempre. el tema cuando claro, creemos claro. que hemos salido del comunismo, no. resulta que no hemos salido del comunismo y es enseñar, es educar y es tener el valor para hacerlo y gracias a personas como, como Omar Bula se puede hacer gracias por invitarme gracias, de nuevo, gracias. ha sido un placer y espero que la gente entienda que no soy Cindy Garza sino Carmen María Montiel no, no, si ahí está, ahí está lo, 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 mira, otra vez lo pusieron eh, Cindy Garza no sé por Cindy qué, Garza, Mark sí. you're changing her name <laughs> well, and that's I, the producer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, and I think I spoke everything in Spanish. So we no, need at one point talk about the displacements back and forth, Venezuela and Colombia, because immigration is an important part of the takeover of communism. And we need to analyze that even more. Yes. Very much so. That's a great well, that's a great observation. If nobody understands that the pressures that we're seeing on our southern border in the yeah. United States aren't a result of the, uh, uh, our absence in promoting democracy, free markets, and lifting mm -hmm. everybody in Latin America, uh, you're missing the boat. Uh, th th this, this has huge geopolitical consequences for the United States, and the fact that our education system is now an indoctrination system and not mm -hmm. an education system, we will not be able to sustain the pressure on the United States political system. But as, as Carmen says, that's for another show. Andrea, I'm tossing it back to you. You guys enjoy the rest of the week and I'll see you in a couple days. Okay. Gracias, Orlando. Omar, muchas gracias. John, muchísimas gracias por su tiempo y por haber contribuido tan importante información a este programa. SOS Cuba, de verdad, como dijo John, tenemos que hablar, tenemos que apoyar y no solamente hablar, sino tomar acción. Porque... Las palabras se las lleva el viento. Las palabras se las lleva el viento y la gente se cansa. Eh, I mean, people get tired of protesting. Look at the Venezuelan people. They don't want to go out anymore. Yeah. And for the first time, we see in 60 years, the Cuban people taking the streets. And finally, if with our support, hopefully something will happen. Sadly, because I come from the future, I can tell you, I don't think so. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully you're not... Right, and hopefully they're not following what is happening in Venezuela. Y si algo, y si están haciendo todo esto, que sea por algo, de verdad. Por algo que, que valga la pena. Uh, this is the first time that they do it, and after 60 years, 62 years, and, I mean, we really pray for something gonna, something positive gonna come out, out of this. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, SOS Cuba, we are with you guys, we are with Cuba, we are with the Cubans here in this country, and we are with the Cubans everywhere in the world, and especially the ones that are in Havana, Cuba. Um, well, it's, everything is for now. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next Wednesday in TLC Live. And I'm going to ask uh, our producer if he can leave you guys with the song.
patria y vida. Nos vemos. Y eres tú mi canto de sirena Porque con tu voz se van mis penas Y este sentimiento ya es tan viejo Tú me dueles tanto aunque estés lejos Hoy yo te invito a caminar por mi solar Para demostrarte de que sí ven tus ideales Somos humanos aunque no pensemos iguales no nos tratemos ni dañemos como animales Esta es mi forma de decírtelo Llora mi pueblo y siento yo su voz Tu 59, yo doble 2 60 años, trancada el dominó Mambo ah, y platillo a los 500 de la Habana Mientras en casa las cazuelas ya no tienen jama Que celebramos si la gente anda deprisa Cambiando Che Guevara, llama al tipo la divisa Todo ha cambiado, ya no es lo mismo Entre tú y yo hay un abismo Publicidad, un paraíso, un varadero Mientras las madres lloran por sus hijos que se fueron Se acabó Tu cinco nueve, doble dos Ya se acabó Sesenta años, trancada el dominó Mira, se acabó Tu cinco nueve, doble dos Ya se acabó Sesenta años, trancada el dominó Somos artistas, somos la historia verdadera no la mal contada Somos la dignidad de un pueblo entero pisoteada A punta de pistola y de palabras que aún son nada No más mentira Mi pueblo pide libertad, no más doctrina Ya no gritemos patria o muerte, sino patria y vida Y empezar a construir lo que soñamos Siga corriendo la sangre Por querer pensar diferente ¿Quién le dijo que estuve de ustedes? Si me cubre de toda mi gente Se acabó Ya se venció tu tiempo Se rompió el silencio Ya se acabó Ya se acabó la risa Y el llanto ya está corriendo Se acabó Y no tenemos miedo Se acabó el engaño Ya se acabó Ay, Jesús se sentido Haciendo daño con la incertidumbre del pasado plantado Quince amigos puestos, listos pa' morirnos Izamos la bandera todavía La represión del régimen al día Anamel y Ramos firme con su poesía Omar Arrijuquiola dándonos aliento de vida Rompieron nuestra puerta, violaron nuestro templo Y el mundo está consciente de que el movimiento San Isidro continúa puesto en la misma, la seguridad metiendo prisma Esas cosas a mí como me indignan Se acabó el enigma de esa tu revolución maligna Soy funky style y aquí tienen mi firma y ustedes están sobrando, ya no les queda nada, ya se van bajando El pueblo se cansó de estar aguantando, un nuevo amanecer estamos esperando